Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Friday morning headlines. Former President Donald Trump won Nevada's Republican caucuses. Thursday's win is the fourth contest that the former president has captured on his march to the GOP nomination. It is officially the start of tax season. Austin Community College though, is partnering with the local nonprofit foundation communities to help you out and expand free tax preparation here in Central Texas. ACC is trying to help students, many of whom say that they're filing for the first time. Saturday marks the start of the Lunar New Year, and Austin is ready to ring in the Year of the Dragon. Events are happening all over town this weekend, including places like Austin Beer Works and Austin Community College. For a full list of festivities, go to our website, kxan.com. But thank you for joining us, everyone, this morning. I'm Sally Hernandez. You're waking up to a little bit of a balmy morning mm -hmm. here on this Friday. Meteorologist Kristen Curry is going to walk you through it. Yeah, absolutely. I think our temperatures are pretty comfortable given the time of year we that should being winter doesn't feel like winter, but <laughs> we've got some big changes on the way. Let's begin with radar because it's possible you find a few sprinkles out there this morning. Nothing that's going to really tie us up, but as far as what we've got in the big picture here, it's cloudy and it stays cloudy. Barron's Creek Vineyards camera there in Fredericksburg not necessarily showing us a whole lot. Temperatures are in the 50s and 60s underneath those overcast skies. 55 in Burnett, 64 in Austin, 65 in Bastrop, same thing in Lockhart. Temperatures a little bit cooler, I would say, on, on one to two degrees on either side of where we were yesterday. So it's not a noticeable change in the morning temperatures. But I'm just saying, walking out the door this morning, you're not going to know it's February with those temperatures in the low 60s. And even this afternoon, we're getting back into the 70s, even warmer than what we felt yesterday. Low chance of rain through the day. Just a couple sprinkles, spots of drizzle possible. More meaningful showers and storms on the way for the weekend. We're going to time out the rain and thunderstorm activity we have for both Saturday and Sunday that will come with the drop in temperatures and by drop I'm talking about we've got 30s in the seven day forecast. I'll show you when here in just a few minutes. What a difference. Okay, Kristen, thank you. Austin police say that they have solved a 30 year old murder case with the help from genetic genealogy. Investigators say Bert Allen Mann was stabbed to death inside his home inside an Austin area back in 1994. APD says the attacker was also injured and then left blood DNA at the scene. After years of no matches with the DNA, APD sent the sample to a private lab last year, which found a hit. A DNA search warrant was then issued for man and for the man named Kenneth Robbins, I should say, in Lubbock. Back in September, police say that he was found dead, though, a few days later after they found him dead from an apparent suicide. A forensic expert we spoke with says technology has changed a whole lot since this crime happened back in 1994. And they say popular at-home genetic tests have also provided really a wealth of DNA that agencies can now help use in cases like this one. We have people who are looking at the genealogy, um, the Ancestry.coms, the, the people who are uploading their DNA for, and then that is being used to solve crimes as well. APD says this is the second case for the department in which this type of data has yielded the results that they needed. The Austin Police Department knew their less than lethal ammunition used in the summer 2020 protests were dangerous. And that's all according to the Travis County District Attorney's Office. The DA's office says this new information comes from an APD 
investigation. So the DA's office revealed that information to the Department of Justice to review the police department's actions during those protests. And KXAN Sarah Alshe takes an in-depth look at the significance of this information in a potential federal investigation. These beanbag rounds are at the center of an Austin Police Department investigation. They are the less than lethal ammunition used by APD during the May 2020 protests in downtown Austin. Hi, I need an ambulance outside of the Leaving several people injured while officers try to control crowds. The Travis County DA's office says the investigation by APD found the department knew before the protests that the weapons used by officers could cause and had previously caused serious injury. The DA's office passed along that information to the U.S. Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division. Previously, the DA's office dropped cases against 17 officers in the protest and instead requested a DOJ pattern or practice investigation into APD's policy and procedures during the protests. It goes internal and looks across time, right, to ask the question not just has someone screwed up, but rather do we have a sort of system problem here? Ultimately, University of Texas law professor Jennifer Lauren says these new findings could be relevant in a DOJ investigation. Determining both whether any individual instances of violations of federal law had occurred and also whether those instances could sort of add up to, could aggregate to something that would amount, legally speaking, to a pattern of practice. Sarah Olshek, KXAN News. Thank you, Sarah. Going in depth here, it's not clear yet if the DOJ will in fact investigate. If it does, that law professor that you heard from said it could lead to a federal lawsuit or recommendations to the department, or even the conclusion that there was no wrongdoing. But digging deeper here, this is not the first time the Department of Justice has been asked to investigate the Austin Police Department. Back in 2007, the DOJ started looking into APD's use of force policies. And in this case, the agency concluded that APD did not violate any laws. The Department of Justice gave the department more than 100 recommendations, though, so it could change some of its protocols before closing the inquiry back in 2011. An Austin man has his car back after it was stolen and then found in a border county just west of San Antonio. Police say Randy Glenn's trunk was stolen from a Top Golf near the domain last year and was found all the way in Kinney County, that's about three hours away from Austin. The Kinney County Sheriff's Office told KXAN they arrested the people who stole the truck in connection with a human trafficking case. And according to police data that we have through an open records request regarding auto theft data from all of 2022 and most of last year, suspects committed crimes like aggravated assault and deadly conduct in Austin after or during the thefts. APD says they're letting officers know what to look out for. Internally messaging to our officers, letting them know these are the types of vehicles that are commonly targeted. Now, meanwhile, two stolen cars were found in Ladybird Lake, uh, one Kia, there was another Hyundai. Those kinds of cars have been hit across the country as well. New rules over robocalls coming just after fake presidential calls in New Hampshire. What the penalty is for those using AI to spam your phone? A Lake Travis ISD football player allergic to peanuts says his teammates intentionally 
put peanuts in his locker. Why his mom says the punishment is not enough. Welcome back. The FCC has ruled that robocalls using AI-generated voices are, in fact, illegal. The unanimous ruling confirms that such calls violate the Telephone Consumer Protection Act of 1991, which restricts junk calls that use artificial voice messages. The announcement comes on the heels of thousands of robocalls being made to voters in New Hampshire alleging to be from President Biden before that state's primary elections. The FCC will now have the power to find companies that use AI voices and robocalls and block service providers that carry those calls. Those fines can reach $23,000 per call. The law also gives citizens who receive those calls the right to take legal action and potentially recover up to $1,500 in damages her call. Still ahead, a Lake Travis high school parent is pushing for more punishments for the students she says bullied her son. Why there is little state oversight though when it comes to this sort of thing. And an update from state monitors over how AISD is doing when it comes to special education screenings. What they had to say coming up. Season opening day for the Texas softball team. They're out in California. They'll start off with some Tough competition on this Friday. I've got more on that coming up. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Another season starting in college sports today for the Longhorns. Texas softball team opens up. They're out in Southern California. Longhorns will take on San Diego and top 10 UCLA today and this evening. Last year, Mike White's team made it to the Super Regional. That a year after making it to the championship series. Now the Longhorns ready to see what this year's club can accomplish. You know, we played a lot of scrimmages, and um, you know, the, when the pitches do well, it's fine. And the hitters are doing bad, you know. But um, really, the hitters have been taken over. Our, our pitching, they've been hitting the pitching pretty well. But we're just excited to play somebody else and see where we sit. We had so many new faces, so it was a building year, and for us to still make it to supers um, was great in itself. Um, but I think the way we ended kind of just made us really hungry for this year. This year, I'm really. It sounds so. I don't know, like like t-ballish but I just I want to have fun I want to play loose and because that's when I play the best so that's like that's my main goal and I'm just gonna keep going with that for right now because that's when I play my best and I want to be at that level seems like a pretty good approach coincidentally a week from today UT baseball team opens against San Diego basketball tomorrow UT men home to West Virginia UT women no game this past week they're on the road at TCU back to you Thanks, Roger. The big game is just a few days away. And today he wants to get the party started early, so they're throwing two epic Super Bowl pep rallies live on the Today Show just ahead. Chiefs Kingdom and the 49er faithful super fans are going to go head-to-head in their hometowns to represent their beloved teams. Tune in to see who brings their loudest and proudest and stay also for a preview of what to expect this Sunday. It is a Super Bowl-sized Friday coming up on the Today Show. Ooh. A little team spirit challenge. Yeah, I love mm, it. Me too. Who are you rooting for? I don't know, Kristen. Like, yeah? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle right now. What okay. about you? Yeah, same. It's, yeah? Uh, I don't really have, you know, any big ties to either team. Yeah. I'm on Team Usher <laughs> for this one. Big expectations have, for this musician, guys. Yes, yeah, yes. he has and to like, deliver. I have such high standards <laughs> that I'm like so worried. I'm like, he's got to play this. He's got to play this song and this song and this song. You I know, know, I know it's it. going to be really good and fun on the Today Show too. Stick around for that. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. Radar, 
excuse me, is going to make it look a lot more impressive than it is when it comes to these itty bitty spots of drizzle. So kind of like yesterday, I wouldn't be surprised if you found a few raindrops on your windshield, but it's not full blown rain like what radar is showing there. We use sometimes a composite radar to get a better idea of what's actually falling and sometimes it handles these really light rain events difficultly. So I'll keep an eye on it. I think much better rain chances are going to be in the area tomorrow. Your temperatures 50s and 60s. We get back to the 70s. Forecast size 75 degrees. 10% chance of that little spot of drizzle finding you this morning. But once we get into the day today, I'm not expecting uh, anything in the way of bright blue skies and sunshine. I think the clouds will definitely make themselves known today. Once we get into the overnight hours, though, here comes round one of two. Tomorrow morning, starting 3, 4, 5 a.m., it's likely we're going to be tracking scattered showers and storms in the hill country. These are gradually going to spread a little closer to the Austin metro late morning into early afternoon. Then they're going to get into our eastern counties here, pretty spotty, if not even isolated, heading into the evening. So that said, tomorrow morning, the first half of the day is looking way more active, way wetter than the back end of the day. But there's another round that follows, and that's going to be late Saturday night, overnight, we're talking after midnight, into the few early morning hours on Sunday. Then that front completely clears, and we've got mainly dry skies on the tail end of Sunday. Now, new this morning, we now have a low severe weather threat for tomorrow morning storm. So this is going to be a one out of five risk for most of the area here, the only exclusion being the far northwest counties. But we're talking really everything possible, hail, gusty winds, even a brief isolated tornado. But the bottom line here is these storms don't have a whole lot of instability to work with. So most thunderstorms, we see will not be severe. We're just talking maybe one or two that has just enough to drop some hail and wind and we'll be tracking that closely tomorrow morning. Rainfall anywhere from about a half an inch to an inch and a half. You'll notice where the high resolution models are putting down the most hill country. It's about time y'all were favored for some good rain and that's exactly what I think too. I think tomorrow morning we're going to see some spots of one, maybe even one and a half inches of rain in the hill country, adding a little bit more by Sunday morning. So this is the event we've been waiting for. This is going to help eventually uh, fill the lakes maybe just a little bit. It takes more than one storm to pull us out of the deficit that we're in right now but I like what I'm seeing as far as the rainfall goes and the rainfall potential this weekend. 70s today, 60s this weekend, cold front completely pushes through by Sunday. That means we're going to be facing a lot of wind when I see you again on Monday. Sunny skies and cooler temperatures. We're in the 30s waking up Tuesday morning, but we do get milder through the week. Protecting students. A mother is pushing for further punishment after football players put peanuts in her son's locker. This just days after he told them about his potentially lethal food allergy. That story and dozens of other tips with bullying concerns from viewers in recent months led KXAN investigator Kelly Wiley to learn there's little state oversight of school district discipline. Shauna Manon. Fueled by frustration, mother of three Shauna Manon stepped in front of the Lake Travis ISD school board in November. I want to start off by saying we're huge supporters of the athletic programs at Lake, Lake Travis High School. Weeks before, her son, a sophomore varsity football player who's allergic to peanuts, found his locker filled with them just before the season opener game. As he grabbed the uniform, peanuts fell out everywhere. He noticed hives started to develop on his arm almost immediately. 
incident unfolded just a day after she says her son's teammates questioned him. Asking about his allergy to peanuts and asked if it could kill him, if it were to touch him, or would it kill him if they put them in his cleats or in his uniform? He said, yes, it absolutely could. Manning says she didn't speak to the school board to ridicule the boys responsible. Instead, to address the way school leaders dealt with the incident. These boys were handed minimal consequences for their actions. Manon says the district allowed the athletic director and head football coach, not administrators, to suspend the boys from a few games. When we asked Lake Travis ISD why, it said the district's code of conduct allowed administrators and coaches to work together to determine discipline. Just absolute disappointment. I I kind of my heart kind of sank at that point because and their policy clearly states that um, when there's a school issue, the school handles it and the secondary discipline comes from the extracurricular activities. Despite weeks of conversations between KXAN and district officials, Lake Travis ISD did not agree to an on-camera interview, but confirmed its police department did not press criminal charges and the department opened a bullying investigation only after Manon went to the school board. And it was like one thing after another. Um, I mean, someone put a peanut butter granola bar in his backpack while he was in the locker room. And um, really, we never figured out who that was. Really, yeah. I mean, just it's just every day was something. Then the school district concluded its investigation, finding what happened to man and son was not bullying. According to the district, it didn't fit the legal definition. In the Texas Education Code, bullying is defined as an act or pattern of acts that physically harms a student or materially and substantially disrupts the educational process. I call it bullying. I don't know what else to call it. Okay, first of all, if it's not bullying, then what is it? For years, State Senator Jose Menendez has successfully passed legislation giving districts more power to handle bullying in schools. But Menendez says he still hears concern from parents. They feel that the schools aren't taking it very seriously, that, that not enough is happening, that maybe they report it, maybe the, the report gets created, but they don't see the discipline some, in some cases. KXAN found since 2021, the Texas Education Agency has received more than 500 complaints of bullying in Texas school districts. But the TEA sent the majority of those back to local school districts for the grievance process to resolve. Data shows at least 13 resulted in the state ordering districts to make changes. In a statement, the Texas Education Agency said it does not guide districts on how to handle discipline regarding bullying. No state law gives TEA that authority. We're in that period of time where uh, we need to turn in a potential interim request to the government for interim studies. I mean, obviously, I would like to see, you know, what are, thanks to this and others, what are we doing as a state to focus on creating a safe environment? What does a safe environment mean? Manon says she's filed a complaint with the Federal Office of Civil Rights. She's also filed a grievance with the district. She and her attorney argued the district did not follow its own policy when it allowed the athletic director to determine punishment. 
I'm hopeful right now. I feel like I'm really hopeful that they're going to do the right thing. Across the country, some states go beyond what Texas has implemented to prevent bullying. Several acknowledge bullying can include, but is not limited to, acts based on characteristics, race and sexuality, for example. Texas law does not specify protected groups. Several states also require school districts to review their bullying policies on a cycle. New Jersey has one of the strongest bullying laws in the country. It requires school districts to review their policies annually with experts. Texas does not. But when we presented Senator Menendez with those options, he said he does like that idea of a regular review and could include it in his request for the legislature to study ahead of next session. Kelly Wiley, KXAN Investigates. We've been keeping up with the case featured in Kelly's story right there. And that mother tells us her son had hives on his body, but he was able to wash his hands before anything got into his eyes or mouth and he did not need medical attention. TEA did review this incident and said it found the district did not violate Texas law or policy. Online, now a closer look at that case, the complaint data in this report and how other states are tackling bullying. It's in this story in the investigate section of KXAN. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us. Here's what else we're tracking for you in the five o'clock hour. A special counsel has declined to prosecute President Biden over his handling of classified documents when he was vice president. What else counsel had to say, though, about the president's memory? 